Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, excuse me, what's today's Chef Special? Welcome to Chef Special, the podcast that brings you the world of food and beverage with facts and information that challenge the status quo. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Patrick Honeywell, with Chef Special on the Believe Podcast Network, your best food destination choice. Today, I am very happy to welcome to the show the boulanger, globetrotter, and master French baker, Romain Dufour. Early in his career, Roman had received two diplomas while attending École du Boulangerie et de Pâtisserie du Pal. His experience includes working under the direction of Christophe Michelac at the renowned Hotel Plaza Atene in Paris, and later as head baker at Dubai's Intercontinental Hotel. Currently, Chef Roman is master baker for R&D at Eurogerm USA. Hey, Roman, how are you doing? Good, Patrick. How are you? Great, great. Thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you for having me. You know, I, I was just thinking when I first met you, we had you come out to consult uh, for us in California. And I thought when I first met you, wow, this guy is so young to have so much experience to do such beautiful pastry. And I hate to admit it, handsome too, but you know, that's, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought, when did he get started in pastry? Uh, like at, at 15, at 12? How old were you when you started? Uh, actually, I discovered the bakery world. I was ten. Wow. Okay. So let's uh, <laughs> let's take a little journey back and and maybe walk us through how you did get started. Sure. Yeah. So um, as I, as I just said, I, I discovered that world. Uh, I was ten uh, through my uncle, who has his own bakery in uh, in center of France in a city called Bourges. Um, so I, I discovered that, and you know, I, I went few times when I was on vacation on, on school, and years after years I became like really passionate it became from uh, playing with my uncle in the flower to like <laughs> wow fermentation and lamination and you know uh, and then at, at 15 I decided to uh, study for bakery because in France we are lucky enough to be able to uh, study bakery uh, at early age mm-hmm. um, so I, I actually did my first diploma from so 15 to 17 with my uncle in his bakery. Mm-hmm. But at the time, you know, with my uncle, we were, I mean, I was working like uh, from midnight to 12 p.m. and then from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Oh my so gosh. it was like, and, and six days a week. So it was like so intense, you know? Mm. And <laughs> week after week, months after months, I was like, you know what? I love that world and I love what uh, joy it gives me. But I need to have a life beside that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and right now I don't. So uh, I, I didn't want to become like my uncle, you know, work only in a bakery, in a village, or even in a city because it's just time consuming and, and energy consuming. So from that, I did my second diploma in a nice hotel in Paris called Plaza Athene. Um, Plaza Athene is like uh, on the street beside Champs Elysees for mm-hmm. people who. Well, at least Champs Elysees, everyone knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was it was such a beautiful hotel, and uh, and the team there was was amazing. And it's where I started to discover uh, the big world, gastronomy. You know, mm. uh, <laughs> testing <laughs> testing some amazing product and uh, creativity, and uh, that was such a cool experience. I worked two years there, and from that, I was in my mind, I was 
okay, now I'm definitely not working in a small bakery anymore, you know, mm-hmm. and I really want to uh, discover the world and, and travel and, and see what's happening out there. So in 2009, I uh, got the opportunity to uh, come and work in Dubai. So I, Dubai. I did work one year. Yeah, Dubai in United Arab Emirates. Uh, I was 20 at the time. So <laughs> 20 at the time. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, you're so young. <laughs> <laughs> I was 20 at the time and I started to work in a small bakery there. Uh, back again in that life, that crazy life of working like uh, crazy and not having any time. Mm-hmm. And one day I had the opportunity to uh, bring some of my uh, croissants in an uh, intercontinental hotel in Dubai. Mm-hmm. Just for sampling because they were looking at buying their croissant outside. And uh, we had the meeting with the executive chef. And uh, after a few days, the executive chef called back. And he's like, okay, I was, I was really impressed with what you, what you showed. But actually, I, I'll ask you something here. It's, I don't want to buy the croissant, but I want to hire you. <laughs> Would you be interested? And uh, well, I, would, I wanted to make sure that the bakery I was working on, you know, like uh, was not closing because I was leaving. So. One of my friends came over, so we got like a few months of transition, but I ended up arriving in Intercontinental. Mm-hmm. I stayed in Intercontinental for about three years. Uh, and again, like crazy life, 16, 17, 18 hours uh, a day uh, and hotel life. So for whoever is listening, people, they will know, oh, you boy. know, it's like all last minute event and uh, uh, crazy stuff all the time. Like, receive a call okay now the Sheikh Mohammed uh, is coming so Sheikh Mohammed is uh, the king of Dubai uh, we need to prepare everything in like uh, two hours so such a great school I would say you know it's like I learned so much from that um, so after I stayed three years and after three years when I was completely out of energy lost uh, about 20 pounds <laughs> I was like okay now what's next <laughs> I was going to ask you the Intercontinental Hotel. Tell me about that. Isn't it? That's a pretty big property, right? It's actually a four properties hotel. So a total of three hotels and one golf course. So about 1,200 rooms. Uh, if I remember at the time was about 17 restaurants. It was huge. And I was 21 at the time when I got that job. Um, and the, the executive chef at the time told me, like, no one wants to hire you except me. Because <laughs> you're so young. <laughs> yeah, because I'm so young. And, and he, was, he was clear with me. He said, okay, you have three months to show what you, uh, what you can do in that uh, bakery department. Mm-hmm. In three months, if nothing has changed and if we are still buying, uh, you know, so many products outside because at the time they were buying everything outside. Mm-hmm. And if you don't show the, the advantage of having you on board, you are out. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, okay. You know, I was 21. I didn't have anything to lose, you know? No kidding. And how, how did the people like, okay, so how many people were working in the bakery with you at the time? Uh, <laughs> it was funny because it was as much of Plaza Atene. So in Plaza mm-hmm. Atene, we were uh, six bakers mm-hmm. for 350 rooms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh so, my. yeah, the challenge was huge. That's huge. why I was working so much because, you know, uh, to deliver all this, all this product for, uh, for all this restaurant. Jeez. To give you an idea, a perspective, we were producing 
So really, when I left the hotel, you know, we are producing 95% uh, at home. I mean, in the in the hotel, and we are doing about uh, I would say about two to three thousand croissants a day. That's a lot of croissants. Um, so croissant, you know, like uh, mm -hmm. like mini croissant, hein, 40, 40, 50 grams croissant. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I say croissant, I, again, I say la croissant family, you know, chocolate croissant, Danish and all of this. So about, yeah, about two to three thousand and then about uh, five to six thousand bread rolls and six bakers. Hein. So that's crazy. And you and your your whole goal was to, that's why you worked so many hours, I think. The goal was to try to make as much as you could in-house so you didn't have to order anything from the outside, but you didn't have a lot exactly. of guys. Was it a small bakery? The, the, lab, the lab was a decent size. The lab was pretty good. But you know, in hotel, uh, we say we have six bakers, but basically you never have six bakers because well, six bakers, it's already almost one baker a day being off, you know, mm -hmm. because in Dubai, it was only one day off a week. Hmm. So then you have five bakers. And then from five bakers, you have every time one or two bakers who are doing the setup in a different restaurant, you know? So it's not on, like all the time uh, production bakers, you know? So yeah, no, the challenge was huge. My pride was very high because I, <laughs> I didn't want to buy anything outside. Uh, <laughs> uh, and the challenge, I mean, we had the executive, executive chef at the time uh, who was from England and uh, he actually asked us to have a menu which was changing every day, seven days mm. of the week. So we had a seven days menu. So the, no, it was, it was out of this world. I wouldn't do that anymore now. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's crazy because you just get used to making something. Now all of a sudden they say, okay, ready for a new menu. And you go, uh, 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 okay. That menu of seven days was changed every three months. Mm. So you know, wow. it was it was it was great. I mean, I I learned so much. You know, it was really. I mean, I, again, I don't think anywhere in the world I would have been able to be head baker at twenty one year old. You know, mm -hmm. no, no. <laughs> so uh, you so you're there two years, right? About two years, and then I was, uh, uh, three yeah. years. Okay, I was there okay. for three years. Uh -huh. And and then from that, I uh, went to work in a in a bakery called uh, Batil. So Batil is. Uh, they, they are doing like a cafe, brasserie, you know, type. Uh, mm -hmm. At the time, they had only two bakeries. Um, and then when I left, they were up to six, six bakeries. And I stayed only one and a half year. So it was really a growing company. Mm -hmm. um, all the recipes were very artisanal type. Everything with uh, liquid levain. Mm -hmm. um, so very nice, but on a, on a very high production. Mm -hmm. So we had like uh, bigger machineries, not mm -hmm. as big as you, Patrick, but uh, um, like close to it, let's mm -hmm. say close to it. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, at the time we are doing about uh, 50,000 croissants a week and, uh, and maybe 200,000 uh, bread rolls a week, Jeez. something like that. So, you know, like, yeah, decent size. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, my team definitely grew up from Intercontinental because we were 25 bakers in total. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was, uh, that was a change. And 25 real bakers, you know, working, uh, working only in the production and not doing any setup. Um, and yeah, the opportunity of opening some bakeries was uh, very exciting, was really cool. Mm -hmm. So I also really enjoyed that time. 
Um, but so I didn't stay that long. Uh, as I told you, I stayed only one and a half year. I could have stayed longer, but I was already in Dubai for almost six years. And that Dubai life for me was like, you know, the max. Mm. Um, I was not approving the, the way of life of Dubai. Mm-hmm. So that's why at this time I started to look uh, to look for a job. So from there, did you go to the uh, to come to the U.S.? We got lucky. You came here, or or were yeah. you still? <laughs> that was so the transition. From there, point. yeah, from there, uh, I'll tell you the real story because uh, my boss Sebastian knows the story. I told ah. you after a few months I was in the in the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, it was an evening with uh, two of my best friends, uh, drinking, having having a good time. Hmm. And you know, I was I was venting. You know, as a good French, we are. You know, we we vent a lot. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I was like, you know what, guys, I'm I'm done with Dubai, and I really want to leave. And my two friends are like, ah, let's go on uh, LinkedIn. You know, so we went on LinkedIn, um, and uh, we opened the LinkedIn uh, app. And that first thing who come up is uh, R&D Baker in Chicago. Hmm. Like wow, Randy Baker in Chicago. So you know, I was a production baker, and it's like you know we were having already few beers in our blood. So hmm. I'm like, yeah, hey, let's send let's send an email, you know, let's send uh, something. So we sent an email. We took some time, you know, about an hour to do that email and and send it. And next day, back to work. And next day, I arrive <laughs> I arrive at work, and boom, I have a, an answer on that email. So my first <laughs> my first reaction is like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't expect anything like that. Um, so that was Sebastian who answered that email and said, can we do a, a video conference together and discuss? And we start talking and, and we basically fall in love to each other. Like mm. uh, that was, that was something happening, uh, really a symbiosis, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Sebastian being uh, uh, very knowledgeable in uh, in the technologic aspect, uh, in ingredients and enzymes and stuff like that, and me having my small uh, knowledge in the bakery world. <laughs> um, and you know, it, it was actually funny because his first question was, "Have you ever worked with dough conditioner?" And I said, "No, never, never, <laughs> ever in my life." And he's like, "I think you will be the best baker for this position." Then, <laughs> wow, that's that's. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was funny. After five minutes, you know, mm-hmm. and and yeah, and we, well, after a lot of process of uh, of interviewing and stuff, you know, I I arrived in Chicago and uh, and here we are. After now four and a half years, I'm still working for Roger in the in the US, mm-hmm. and I'm enjoying so much and I'm learning a lot and uh, it's great. I'm having a great time. Well, you know, Sebastian, you mentioned Sebastian. He is he is such a great great person and and super knowledgeable. Um, uh, Food scientist, a you, great you, human being. Oh my and gosh, a great professional. Yeah, I really like him, and you two make a great team. And I've enjoyed working with you. So now okay. I'm going to ask you a couple questions about uh, pastry. Um, I'm going to kind of okay. go down a list. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Your favorite pastry that you like to make? The the first thing that come in my mind is uh, laminate dough. You know, okay. like croissant, queen yaman. I really like it because. Mm-hmm. It's it's so much of uh, stuff coming in the in your problem. You know, you have the yeast, you have the butter with the the lamination. You know, the foldings. Um, it's so complex to get the right croissant uh, 
for me, it's one of the most challenging and the most fun to work with. Mm. And I really like to eat it as well. So that's it. Well, that was my second question, your favorite. Um, <laughs> 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 so that no, but is... you know, it's really cool <laughs> because, for example, a croissant, uh, so the traditional French croissant, you know, we are going to do uh, three single fold, so which is 27 uh, butter layers, which is something like a croissant um, kind of uh, fl uh, uh, between the, the brioche aspect mm -hmm. you know, and the flakiness. Mm -hmm. And now in the mm -hmm. US, you have that new trend, and actually even in France, huh, about uh, a double fold and a single fold, which give us a 12 butter layer, which is really flaky. You know, when you eat that croissant, you will have a lot of crumb on your table. So all of that is like, uh, it's so fun, you know, it's so cool. I really like it. In the U.S. And, and, and in France, is there anything that's really trending or popular more now? In the U.S., I think there is right now, um, I would say, two big trends. The, the first one I see a lot is definitely that's like a trend which has been there for a few years, is sourdough, mm -hmm. you know, but, uh, but the real sourdough, like no yeast added, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and which is pretty cool because what we see in the U.S. is that uh, there is not only one type of sourdough as we can see in France, mm -hmm. you know, based on wheat flour or rye flour. Here there is sourdough based on teff flour, on buckwheat, you know, different type of flour which are going to bring a lot of complexity in your bread. So that's actually pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And then after the second bigger trend in the U.S., uh, for me, is the brioche. The brioche is something like uh, we can start to see everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because four years back when I arrived in the U.S., if you, if you were talking to someone, you know, average person in the U.S., what's a brioche? They had no idea. And now more and more people start to know what's a brioche because, you know, it's sweet, it's buttery, it's, uh, the texture, the taste is nice. So I think it's, I would say it's one of the bigger trends in the U.S., my understanding. Yeah, it's huge for us. Now, just to go back a little bit, I remember when I first learned brioche uh, from my friend Michel Bieri, um, we did what I kind of consider to be the traditional French uh, brioche where you, it's all the liquid is really egg, and then you have the ton of butter towards the end. And it's so soft and so, uh, you know, fluid that you have to put it in the refrigerator overnight in order to, uh, to be able to, to form it the next day. And then coming but to do, like in, in the United States now, there's a lot of emphasis on brioche hamburgers, brioche mini sliders, brioche uh, Pullmans. And I, I, it tends to be, I think, dumbed down a little bit, less egg, less butter, uh, in order to make it more manageable. And the price, is, is that what you're seeing too? The price better? Uh, that's, that's the, yeah, that's the bigger problem, uh, is that for a brioche, you know, like in the US, there is no proper definition. So yes, you can see like everything. You can see a brioche, which is going to be just very sweet, yellow mm -hmm. color, but has no egg and no butter. Mm. And you can see also, you know, like uh, more artisanal bakeries who are really to put like going 60% uh, butter, you know, and, uh, and a crazy amount of eggs and even adding some uh, creme fraiche on top of that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the, the definition of brioche is like pretty big in the US. Yeah. And I think... But, you know, because it's still new, I think there is not yet a real definition of it, and that will come with time, you know. 
with with bakery like you because i know that you are trying to show a bakery a uh, uh, brioche which is pretty rich in eggs and butter so you know it's like player like you in the us which are going to make a difference you know we we want to stay as traditional as we can to the french you know very rich uh, a lot of butter a lot of egg but still make it you know to where we can make it and and work it through our machines and, and that's things right. exactly and you need to be yeah. realistic on cost as well huh? that, yeah, exactly. I, I understand that that side also huh? exactly that's true now you mentioned sourdough bread uh too roman what is your feeling roman on the differences between a sourdough in in the us and a sourdough from france uh so definitely, as you said, but I think it's a matter of uh, culture, you know, and, and food education. Um, for us in France, yeah, sourdough, uh, it, it needs to be there, but it doesn't have to uh, explode in your, uh, in your head, like <laughs> sour, 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 you know. <laughs> um, me, me, for example, in, in the way I work a lot of, of, because I use a lot of sourdough in my product, but I will use it more uh, of... Uh, enhancer you know mm -hmm. for example i will use some sourdough in my croissant it's not to have a sourdough test i don't want the sourdough in my croissant but i'm going to use that to enhance the butter flavor mm. um, so i think you know it's it's more it's there without being there mm -hmm. compared to the american uh, sourdough it's like it's there you know mm. yeah it's almost it's very sour very bitter and it's what we come to expect i think here yeah, you know. we go we go more on uh, on really uh, acetic acidity, you know, like uh, vinegary uh, sour, uh, sour, you know. But but that goes in the and it's not uh, bad what I'm going to say, but that goes in the culture, you know, in the US. Uh, the the flavor in the US needs to be strong. It needs to be there, you know. When you eat a meat in the US, uh, barbecue, for example, you know, it's like it's there. It's amazing. I love it, you know. But you have the flavor. It's like bah. And I think the sourdough is the same. So let me ask you a question that, uh, you know, in our, uh, at our bakery, we will do some French products, some Italian product, you know, a little bit of German, but there's always been, there are people that say, you know, I really want to have a, a, a beautiful, a wonderful French baguette. And then somebody else say, I want to get the shibata. So now this is a question that I've, I've been wanting to ask you. When you look at the breads of France versus the breads of Italy, now you're French, yeah. but what would you say the difference is? <laughs> Obviously, there's differences, you know. But what? How do you? How would you describe them? So my definition again, uh, I don't have the the word, but what I can understand is that uh, French bread it's usually very crusty. You know, it's like thicker crust when you eat a baguette. Um, it's like you know you have you have to eat you have to insist with your teeth. Uh, it can be a little bit painful even, you know, sometimes. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, Italian bread, they work on a thinner crust. The the flavor, from what I know of Italian bread, is more around like, uh, you know, olive oil, um, something more fine, something more flowery. That's what, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's what I uh, picture in my, in my uh, head when I see Italian bread, a ciabatta, a focaccia, you know, something really softer uh mm. something more light compared to the french which is like uh yeah kind of a little bit stronger mm -hmm. not mm -hmm. not compared to german for example it's not as strong but mm -hmm. uh yeah it's like of in between yeah i think that uh, the, adding the olive oil softens it up and then they definitely some of the breads have a high water content so it makes it maybe the crust a little thinner too and exactly give a thinner crust and and i mean the olive oil that they have in uh in italy 
is definitely better quality than what we can find here in uh, in the US or even in France actually. Yeah? So, you know, all of that come in into the into the production and and yes, yeah, really open structure, really uh, thin crust. That's what make uh, Italian bread. Yeah, compared to mm -hmm. a French bread, uh, which is still open but uh, thicker crust and and harder mm -hmm. to eat. The most popular French products in the U.S., I believe, people relate to the croissant, the baguette, yes. and brioche. Yeah. And brioche. And so ranking though, so I think about you, and you do a lot of consulting, you know, for different companies across the U.S. And which items are you being asked the most, you know, to come in and, and help them either uh, improve yeah. what they have or develop new recipes? Which items out of those three would you rank them? Ah, but that's that's this, that's the two items that you just said. It's croissant and brioche. Okay. And I guess and I guess it's just because of the way I'm saying it. Maybe it, <laughs> it's a beautiful sound. Croissant and brioche. Well, croissant. Uh, I have no, to but, practice. <laughs> but that's what that, you know. It's 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 French product, and and I think it makes sense, you know, to ask a French baker. Like, you know, if they're not going to ask me how to make a hamburger bun, for example, you know, because mm -hmm. I think it's very American and. You know, everyone has his own uh, his own specialty, and and uh, it has it's, it's from the culture. You know, you grew up with this product, so you know how this product is supposed to look like. So that helps. Yeah, I know that you're also very well known for your Queen Amon. I mean, you do a beautiful Queen Amon. It's still becoming more popular here. It's getting to be known. You know, it's another one of those products that that came from France that's starting to take off a bit. How do you describe a perfect Queen Amon? So. For me, the perfect Queen Yaman is when it's uh, crunchy on the outside and really soft on the inside. Mm. Now, there is like the, and, and again, I'm not doing the very traditional Queen Yaman because it's uh, first very rich in butter and that, you know, when you eat one bite, you are like done, you know, it's so rich. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but also uh, because I'm not, the traditional Queen Yaman is supposed to mix your sugar and butter together. And I feel for a production, it's very difficult. So my way is still slightly different. But the traditional Queen Yaman, first, the, the dough that you're supposed to use is not a, a croissant dough, mm -hmm. like a lot of people are doing. And it's mm -hmm. not only in the US, huh? it's also in France, uh, because it's easier to make, I guess. You know, you have your croissant dough, it's there, so why not using it for your, uh, for your Queen Yaman? Mm -hmm. But yeah, the original dough is, is a bread dough. Mm. It's a bread dough, which is on the higher hydration, you know, like we will talk about 60, 65% hydration. Mm -hmm. uh, no sugar, of course. Huh? Um, and then you add that butter and that sugar into your lamination uh, later. So when you laminate that, uh, Roman, is it what percent of butter would you say is going to be in the final dough product? So the traditional Queen Yaman, uh, we talk about 60% of dough weight. Okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I've just computing in my, my brain. So 60% butter to dough weight. So if you have 10 pounds dough of, of dough, six pounds will be butter. Yes. Yes. Added That's the that. traditional Queen Yaman. Okay. Uh, okay. For me, for me, I'm, I'm more between 40 to 50%. That's so which still, which still pretty rich, but I think when you go higher than that, you know, you have one bite and you're like, I'm done. <laughs> Do you have a recipe? Uh, for your Queen Amon that you can that you have on Instagram. Actually, yeah, I did I did share recently on my Instagram uh, the recipe and the entire process on a video oh. Oh my, uh, okay. on my on my Instagram, uh, which recipe and yeah recipe and whole process is is there. 
So what is your Instagram account? How can they find you on that? And then they'll be able to see everything you're doing. My first name and my last name, Romain Dufour. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm pretty sure uh, on the podcast you might put my name. So um, like that you just have possibly. So it's just attach Romain Dufour, yeah. Uh, that, that'll be great because it's so good and for you to share it with everybody. I remember uh, way back when, when I was first getting in, in, in pastry and I was French trained and a lot of the, the uh, masters, you know, the, the French and different European chefs, they'd hold something close to the cuff. They didn't want to share everything. Yep. They'd hold back something in a recipe because it was theirs. You know, it was protective, something maybe they worked on for a long time. But I think today the really great chefs that I know, like yourself, are very sharing and want to share a recipe to someone so they can really make what you're making. That's your gift that you give. Exactly. I mean, you know, I did grow up uh, in the bakery world with these bakers, you know, who didn't want to share. Or if they share with you, they don't give you the right recipes. They don't give you the right process or they hide something, you know. But, you know, at the end, for me, that's, that's silly because making a croissant, for example, I did not invent anything. You know, I didn't create anything. It's a croissant. It's a recipe that you can even find online, you know. <laughs> so uh, I think, you know, if I can bring some knowledge, because again, I share recipes on, uh, on, on my Instagram and, and I'm totally open to it. But it, even with the recipe, you don't make the bread because mm -hmm. with the recipe, you know, and even and when I say recipe, it's coming, of course, with the process. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you don't have, you don't have the person in front of you to see how you, where you touch the dough, how oh, you touch so the dough. And, you know, it, that's why I'm doing it on video because hopefully the video can help to see where I cut, how I cut, how I do mm -hmm. this, how I do that. Why, why my Queen Yaman is better than someone else Queen Yaman uh, who did the same recipe, same process, but because I have an understanding of the dough, I, I listen what the dough is telling me, you know. Mm -hmm. And, and I think it's all about sharing. I mean, when you place a bread in the middle of a table, uh, when you have a dinner, that bread is going to be shared. So why not sharing the knowledge which is coming out of this bread, you know? And for me, that's so important. The, mm. it's, it's, it's the base of our work, you know? When we make bread, it's to share with people. Mm -hmm. So why not sharing that knowledge as well? Wow, that's, that's fantastic. So you mentioned sharing. Is there... Uh, a recipe you can share to our, for our listeners now, something simple? A bread recipe, I think it's uh, more difficult to share just like that on talking. I will invite people to come on my Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, but as, as we said, for example, let's say we're talking about the Queen Yaman. Mm -hmm. So Queen Yaman, uh, we, talk from, we, we start from a bread dough, okay? So mm -hmm. uh, flour, salt, yeast, water, <laughs> basically. Yeah. You mix that dough. Um, you give about one hour fermentation. Um, then we are adding about 50% butter. We will give a, a first uh, double fold into mm -hmm. that uh, uh, dough. Mm -hmm. when, we, when we are about to give the second double fold, it's where we are going to incorporate our sugar. Ah, okay. uh, so sugar will be the same amount of the butter. So about 40-50% uh, of the dough weight. Mm -hmm. And from that, we'll start to incorporate the sugar, you know, everywhere, every side, wherever we can. Wow. We'll give the second fold, the second double fold. So we are at two double fold, okay? So 16, 16 layers, right? Mm -hmm. And as soon as we are done with that double fold, we don't put the dough in the freezer or in the chiller anymore because if we give that time, the sugar and the, and the butter are going to create a syrup. 
So then mm. it's going to be very messy on your line. So That's a great that, point. Yeah, 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 it's so important. So from that, you will just uh, uh, give the last uh, like sheeting part, you know. Mm -hmm. Keep incorporating your sugar, and you will put that that dough on your on your table. If you still have some sugar that you didn't have uh, time to incorporate, you will just put on top of that dough, and then I invite you to roll that dough like you would do for uh, pain au raisin or cinnamon roll, you know. Mm -hmm. You will roll it, cut it into 90 gram, uh, 90 gram pieces, about 90 gram, 90 gram, 100 gram. And what I, where I like to bake them is actually uh, on a muffin mold, you know, like the XXL muffin mold, because that's really nice because the, the, it's like a iron, you know, so the caramelization will be perfect. We'll proof it for about half an hour, because again, as I said earlier, you know, we want to have something uh, very soft on the inside, like melty. And if we proof it longer, then we are going to get something more bready, which we don't want. Mm. Mm. And then we'll, we'll bake it for about uh, 35 minutes at uh, 350 Fahrenheit mm -hmm. and remove from the mold as soon as you bake it. And here you are, you have your Queen Yaman. So this seems very easy, but the recipe is going to be easier to follow maybe online. <laughs> uh, no, no, I appreciate it. No, you, it, it was great. I, I was visualizing what you were saying, but I'm, I'm going to go to your video too, because I know that yeah. your explanation is great. Because I, I do remember when you came out to visit and consult once, I had always wanted to learn how to do a, uh, a two-color chocolate croissant, and you showed yeah. me how to do it. And it just makes so much sense to have you there. Uh, so you can feel the dough, you can see the, you know, the rest exactly. times, you can touch it, you can, you can uh, say, oh, it needs a little more time before we roll it out or not. And temperatures are so, so critical. So that was, yes. that was awesome when you were able to do that. Now, let me ask you something before we close. Came to the U.S. and, and I've known you and, and we really appreciate your help at Le Chef because you're, you know, you've been really helpful in helping us to uh, better improve our products. But you got married a little. Tell us how you met your <laughs> yes. wife. I mean, if you don't mind talking about that on air, I mean, no, it was pretty. No, uh, no, no, no. Yeah, that's that's actually very funny because um, so I arrived in the U.S. on uh, 14 of March 2016, and after so on 15 of March I started to work uh, for Eurogerm, and I arrived in the lab, and my first question was, where do I get some fresh uh, yeast? You know. Mm -hmm. So I started to contact some distributors and at the time we were like doing uh, five tests a week. So I needed like one or two pounds a week, you know, of yeast. Uh, and none mm -hmm. of the distributors wanted to uh, deliver uh, for one or two pounds of yeast. So I decided to go to different uh, pastry shops uh, around the lab. And I went to that first pastry shop, which was the most famous uh, around us. And I arrived and there was someone at the cashier. And that's someone that was actually my wife. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and from that, so that we were in March and I went every, every week I was going to buy my yeast there. Mm -hmm. And every week she was serving me and every week I was taking my breakfast and, you know, I was looking at this cute uh, little girl and, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> nothing was really happening because, you know, it was just like that. And I was in my job and, you know, you are coming to a shop. You don't really expect to get married to that person who sells you the yeast. And basically, six, almost six months later, we were in August. My brother came to, uh, uh, from France to, to visit me for vacation. 
Uh, I have a younger brother. He's, he's now nine, 19. Yes, 19. Um, and we go to the bakery and, and that cute girl is like introducing herself. You know, she's like, hey, so I guess you are the brother uh, of Romain. She knew my name, you know. You are the brother of Romain and uh, but my name is Kelsey. And at the time, shame on me, huh? for six months I was going there, but I didn't know her name. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you, were playing, you were playing too cool. <laughs> yeah, I was playing too cool. French cool. And from, and from that, I was like, well, you know what? Let me talk to that girl, you know? And we start talking and, uh, and the rest is history. We got married last year. <laughs> wow. And here yeah. we are. Well, a beautiful but, uh, couple. And, and I believe that she's a great, she's a great singer too. And yes, actually, it was it was our first date. Our first date was for like three hours in a coffee shop, which actually they asked us to to leave after after some time because we were like one hour past the time they were supposed to close. Um, and it's funny because as I told you earlier, I discovered the bakery world. I was ten, and she discovered the music world. She was ten also, and mm. she's as passionate in the classical music and opera as I am in bakery. So we have like passionate talk all the time and I think it was part at the time you know who was like uh, making me fall fall in love with her because she was so passionate and I was like wow so it am I like this when I talk about bakery you know <laughs> and her with her so, music yeah and her was on music yeah yeah you're well you again you're you make a beautiful couple um I saw photos you. of, the, of <laughs> your wedding yeah it's amazing <laughs> so uh in closing here, I just want to thank you for coming on. And, and I, I want to make sure that the listeners know exactly where to find you. And on Instagram, it's Roman Dufour, uh, exactly, R-O-M-A-I-N, yeah. and then D-U-F-O-U-R. And yep, you got uh, you've got some beautiful, beautiful uh, photos of some amazing work, including I saw this thing called a pretz. Uh, a Presant? No, it's a pretzel. 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 <laughs> pretzel. Using a bit of Ger Germany meets France. So I'm not going to yes. say much more on that. I want people to look it up. F R E T Z E L. Go to your Instagram, look it up. <laughs> and also maybe on Facebook. But again, thank you so much for spending time with, with me today. And uh, do you have any closing thoughts on, on anything you'd like to share? Um, well, I mean, I hope that people who are listening and are not uh, so familiar with the baking world. I was able to uh, uh, show a little bit of love about this world and uh, they will be more interested in trying at home. Hmm, sounds great. All right. Well, thanks, Roman. Thank you so much. And I, I hope you have a great rest of your day. You take care. Thank you so much, Patrick. You have a good okay. day too. Okay, ciao. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow me on Instagram. And remember, we are available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary and tune in. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on your social accounts. If you have any favorite topics or special guest requests, please let us know. You can find our contact information in the show notes and be sure to like, comment, and share the show with your friends. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.